Say your name and what you do. Chris Velosky, and I own a business. <laughs> Hi, my name is Marissa Kelly, and I also own a business. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. Welcome back to Business AF Live. We are now on LinkedIn every week and also streaming to YouTube. And today we have Zach Bostic from Send It Electronic Business Cards, as well as some other things he's working on. I'll let him talk about that. And Chris is also joining us again. We're all in three different locations. So thank you to StreamYard for allowing this technology to get uh, us all in one place at one time. So. Um, I would like Zach to take uh, an intro and let us know what you do and what you're working on right now. I'd love to hear about it. I, I've connected with you for a couple months, but uh, there's something new on the horizon as I as I understand it. Uh, yeah, so for everybody that doesn't know, well, sorry. Um, my name is Zachary Bostic. I am the CEO and founder of Sended Electronic Business Cards. Uh, it's a mobile app that we've been developing for about a year, year and a half now that will allow you to send, receive, and store your business cards electronically. Um, prior to that, I was in the uh, Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps for five years. I was medically uh, retired. Got a TPI <laughs> and a couple herniated discs, but nothing to worry about. Um, yeah, we have a couple other things that are coming up. So we have an extension that we're developing right now um, that's basically going to allow you to categorize your tabs. Um, so if you have five or six social media links open at the top of your bar well with this uh extension it'll actually categorize it all into one tab you'll be able to open from those uh categorizations and then we have a few other things that we're working on right now and uh talk about those a little bit later yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds that you're like constantly evolving in terms of business and um i mean you got out of the marine corps and then kind of jumped right into business um I'd like to know what your, like what your, the, the first time you recall like your first win and that you knew you were like, okay, I'm in business. Like what's your, what was your first win? So I would say our first win was directly after we got out of the Marine Corps. My partner, Tony and I, we've kind of been side by side the entire time we've been out. And mm -hmm. so we were looking for jobs as we, didn't really have an interest in in business ownership um, mm -hmm. at the time but when we were applying for all these jobs everybody's saying no 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 you're not qualified you're too qualified and so we put in probably 300 or submitted 300 resumes between both of us and we got mm -hmm. denied at every single uh, place I mean my partner Tony he was an intelligence specialist and he got denied for the sheriff's department just kind of shows wow. you what we went through. Um, so we basically were like, you know, we have no other options. And so we started a, a restoration company uh, called BMP Construction and Remodeling. And we absolutely killed it right off the bat. Uh, we, we got set up with this place called Service. And basically they send you all the leads. You pay a percentage based off of that lead and they'll con they'll continuously supply you with uh high quality jobs i mean we we're making like twenty eight hundred dollars a day 
doing that. So that was the real, that was the biggest win for us that really pushed us and drove us to continue our, you know, exploring entrepreneurship. Unfortunately, you know, a couple months later, that business died after a merch with somebody else and really left Tony and I in kind of like this position where we had to figure out what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's part of the, the downside of an, of business. It doesn't always, it's not always on the up and up. You have to kind of ride the wave. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so how did you end up getting into uh, tech from restoration? So that was actually during our merge. So we merged with this company and they were supposed to provide everything, uh, leads, uh, operational cost, administration cost, or administrative cost, but they didn't. And so what ended up happening is Tony and I put all of this money into this business, um, everything that we had made basically remodeling, getting an office, a truck, getting uh, salesmen. I mean, we had the whole nine yards and they would, they didn't even provide us with business cards. Tony at that, Tony and I at that point didn't even have the money to buy business mm -hmm. cards. And after we had gotten done, we were out walking and knocking on doors and trying to sell door to door at that point, because we had nothing else we could do. Mm -hmm. And we found somebody, but they wanted a business card. And like I said, we didn't even have the money. So we wrote it down on a piece of scratch paper and kind of just handed, to, handed it to them, hoping that they would actually, you know, call us back. Mm -hmm. They never did. But that night, I don't remember what I was doing, but it was just like this kind of click in the head. Like, why don't you create an app that allows you to send business cards? Because you don't have to, you won't have to buy business cards every single time. You can go on any website on Google and basically create a, a free electronic business card. So you would basically not have to pay for anything other than your startup, which is only $3.99. Whereas if you go on Vistaprint, it's like $60 for a decent quality business card. Mm -hmm. So that was the, that was where the idea came. And then after that, I was just a bunch of research trying to figure out how, we were going to actually get this to work because I don't know code. My partner doesn't know code. So we had to find somebody that knew code. We had to find somebody that had the money to kind of back this and all the pieces starting to or started falling together as we, you know, progressed with our idea and coming together with, you know, different iterations and mm -hmm. coming up with a prototype. Once we had that prototype, we submitted it to investors. And like a week later, we had uh, somebody that was like, hey, I'll, I'll give you the $400,000 you guys are looking for. Wow. So nice. So uh, that's really that's really cool because like it seems like you have like your first business, like you took off really well, right? Like in, in the beginning, right? You took off running. And then now you created your second business. And then now that one's doing, now that one's come together. So it seems like you have, uh, wits and, and luck on your side, which is good. Definitely, definitely have luck on our side because, you know, we're not very creative guys. So putting together prototypes and putting together these pitch decks, that's not our forte because in the Marine Corps, it's like, it's, they call it death by PowerPoint. Um, it's just <laughs> words. There are no graphics on the screen. So you're basically taught in the Marine Corps graphics are bad. 
just give them the information they want. And so we were boring some of our investors to death, basically. So uh, that's interesting yeah, because in the business world, you want to be able to mix it both graphics with text. Like you don't want it to be too heavy on text, too heavy on graphics or some missing point. Um, so making that jump between, so what was your role in the military? So my partner and I, we were actually in the, we were in the same unit together. We, okay. he took over for me when I left, I went and did an internship with the DEA. And so basically what Tony and I did, we were in charge of all the barracks on Camp Pendleton. So when that came to maintenance or getting Marines into the rooms, coming back from deployment or, uh, telling the barracks managers what they needed to get done for the day. That was basically our job. We were in charge of all of the logistical and uh, managerial roles of the buildings on Camp Pendleton. So now being in business for probably a couple of years now, um, I'm assuming, right? Uh, About two and a half years now. Yeah. So jumping straight from the military into business, what are some of the biggest uh, takeaways that you've took with you? Uh, don't get comfortable because when you start a business, you, you just expect everything to fall in place. You expect everybody to latch onto your idea. You expect everybody just to think it's the best thing since a slice of bread. And it's not the case because you really have to actually work on getting out there telling people about your idea and telling them why your idea is better than somebody else's or how it will impact their lives and actually create something that is worth using or, mm-hmm. you know, buying. Mm-hmm. Because when you get out of the Marine Corps or being in the Marine Corps in general, you know, you get a, you get your paycheck every two weeks without question. Mm-hmm. You could, go and not show up to work for four days. Yeah, you're gonna get in trouble, but in two weeks, you're still gonna get a paycheck. If you wanna take that time off now, outside of the military, in the civilian arena without a salary, you're not gonna get paid, right? So I feel like that's one of the biggest issues with coming from the military to go transitioning into civilian life is there are a lot of resources available, but nobody uses them. And those resources help you get adjusted to how it actually works in the civilian life. And unfortunately, people get comfortable in the military. They get out, they think they're going to have, they have this awesome plan. They go to their back to their hometowns and they do nothing. And now they're trying to figure out why they're back living with their parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I see that happen a lot. Yeah. From people in the military, yeah. like they'll, they'll get out, and then because the jobs that they had in the military aren't the same jobs you can get out mm-hmm. here. Either. No, it's not always the same. They can always just have an easy transition. So that's what why, is- like, I'm interested in jumping into business, you know, because like because you come from a, an intelligence uh, from, from the intelligence department, right? So I mean, trying you can find jobs doing that, but mainly in the government, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. not. No, you can't just go to any shop out here or any business and try to get a position like that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I have a question regarding, you know, the transitioning into like the business world and, you know, constantly on the go. Um, how has building your community or leveraging the community you have 
with veterans or people existing in the military helped you in business? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because we have, so there's this thing called a vetpreneur tribe mm -hmm. and it's ran by Stephen uh, Kuhn and Lane Ballone. And there are about 13,000 veteran entrepreneurs in this group. Now, these are all veteran entrepreneurs that have kind of dealt with the same exact thing. Now in that transition from military to civilian life, but also into entrepreneurship. Uh, some of them are much further along than others. Some of them are just in the developmental stages. But being able to access that group is you have guys that are making a dollar a day. And then you've got a couple, you know, some people in there that are making, you know, three, four million dollars a month. Mm -hmm. So having that wide variety uh, really helps you kind of walk up the stairs of entrepreneurship because you get to start talking to people that are kind of on the same level or even a, a level above you. And you're able to ask those questions that they didn't necessarily get to ask, that they had to learn, that they had to get the kick in the ass to actually learn how to get through that you know phase of business where it was extremely hard for this person. And it was, you know, a potential like I might go out of business because of this. And now this person's getting it without actually having to go through that stress. And mm -hmm. so it's been a really big, you know, community and entrepreneurship. They go hand in hand. And if you can, you know, not just veteran entrepreneurs, but any entrepreneur, you mm -hmm. see it with uh, Tony Robbins or um, Grant Cardone. They have these huge communities of followers that are all working together. And I think community in business is one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right. Big time. Yeah, like your network is your net worth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, with your network, um, how would how would you say that you're trying to leverage your network now with your uh, with your uh, new app that's about to launch? Are you trying to leverage that at all? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to go out there and say buy this, but I do like to let everybody know what's kind of going on. We have a lot of support in the Pepperneur tribe and a lot of them I'm friends with as well. So being able to go on Facebook and let them know, hey, we're not launching this month. This is what's going on. But also being able to say, even though we're saying we're not launching, there are a few people on my friends list that probably haven't, they don't even know what I'm doing. So now I'm kind of getting that name into their head and they're going to understand that if they see uh, marketing uh, on Facebook, Hey, I've seen that before. Right. Who do I know that actually owns that? So I'm, I leverage it in kind of like uh, this invisible way or, or quiet way to where mm -hmm. I'm not directly selling them a product or a service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're uh, trusting you be, more and more. <laughs> this would be big, like in conferences too, like for example, uh, or conventions. Uh, yeah. Because I was just in Germany uh, in October, and uh, it was like some huge book for that I went to. And there's people there using an app that sounds similar to yours. I didn't download it because I just didn't have good Wi-Fi out there or a but good connection. But it, it's um, probably useful. It's probably one of the ones that we've actually done a competitive analysis on because there's not very many out there. There are a few, 
but what we did to kind of get around that was we took about 10 months really studying these other models and figuring out what was wrong with them and what was working with them and kind of put together this hybrid model that allows you to send really quickly but allows you to also have that functionality that you need at, from business cards but also at a data entry uh you know function well as well yeah I mean, because yeah. because I was uh, I saw people using the app. I think they're doing it with QR codes, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, then, uh, so each other. it's like LinkedIn. I, yeah, I think when I first met you, Zach, about I was at a conference and like we talked about, you know, how many like business cards were in my bag, and I was like, okay, how many of those? And honestly, like I've followed up with maybe two of the people that I got all of these business cards because it's overwhelming you have a stack of business cards and there's not like a true like real call to action it's just like here take my business card take my business card and people want to uh, follow up and it doesn't integrate with a crm you don't know how often you followed up with them but i think the cool <laughs> yeah you have a, a stack too um i think the cool part and i would like you to talk a little bit about the the social impact aspect of your business and how you want to you know, help combat like the, the problem of us having that stack of business cards and how your how the, your company does that. Yeah, so I agree, Chris, I, I do agree with you. And Marissa, the, the it's kind of the social impact that we're looking to have, because like you said, you had a stack, I have a stack from Forbes that mm -hmm. I haven't even contacted a single person on that because 98% mm -hmm. of them aren't going to be able to do anything for me because I'm, they're not the type of individuals that are going to be willing to go out there and help. You know, we're at the, the, the startup phase of our company. I, I'm not going to be able to go out and spend what some of those guys are asking. I mean, mm -hmm. Forbes, the, the writer, I think they were asking like $10,000 for a piece. Wow. So being able to kind of combat that issue because yeah, I haven't thrown these away yet. But over 88% of all business cards are lost or thrown away within the first week. And it yeah. comes out to 5.2 million trees every single year that are literally just thrown away because of that. And so what we kind of came up with and my daughter, my, you know, my partner, we've all seen these kind of videos where they're really sad. You see what Earth looks like today and what Earth look, will look like in 50 years and the what they think is going to happen is extreme i mean if you look at this video that it's on our facebook on uh, uh real send it um you'll actually see you know birds laying on the on the beach tr com completely covered in trash it, it's not a good situation and so what tony and i did was we weren't thinking of ourselves. We weren't thinking about today. We weren't thinking about in 20 or 30 years. We were thinking about when my daughter has kids and when her kids have kids. What is it going to look like in 100 years for my generation to my daughter's generation to her kids' generation? There's going to be a major impact and a major difference. So what we wanted to do was kind of come up with a way to at least give back on the part that we are trying to combat, but also help combat, you know, plastic waste and just litter in general. 
So for every user that downloads our app, we're going to plant one tree to give back. And so what we kind of hope to be able to do with that is if we get 10 million users or 10 million downloads, we're now able to plant more trees than are taken down every single year. And that is really our mission, but also to go a step further and to organize beach cleanups or, you know, go out and just pick up. I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the homeless camp in LA, but the amount of trash over there is ridiculous. So just kind of helping give back to where, you know, things have been neglected. That's not how it should be. You know, I talk about community, but we, we leave certain communities out of it. We shouldn't be doing that. So it, we want to be able to actually come in there, make an impact and to help wherever we can. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really awesome. I mean, I think that's what really attracted me to the product and your business. It wasn't necessarily, okay, this is an app we're building, download it and we'll make the money. It's more of like, how does that affect us as a whole, as a community? So that's a really cool idea. So, uh, thank you for you guys thinking about that and, uh, you know, leveling up on that. Um, I want to uh, defer to Chris because I, I think you have a question, right? Me? Chris? Yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, steering off water from the humanitarian yeah. side. Um, um, so, going back to when you were first starting, uh, starting up, uh, even with your first business and with this new business, what are some of the things that you wish uh, you learned between the two businesses? Uh, what are some of the things that you wish you learned when you first started off? When I first started off, I had virtually no experience with business. And one of the things that really killed us was that reliance on, you know, service. We heavily relied on them to bring us steady flows of jobs. Now, that didn't teach us to go out there and search for those jobs to make people want to work with us. Basically, with service, it, you know, that client say, I need, I had a water leak last night. I need my wall fixed. Well, they go onto the app and they would order a, a drywall repair. They are getting whoever service sends to them at that point. So they didn't really have that option to work with whoever they wanted, but we heavily relied on that. And so we never truly actually learned the marketing side of business or that managerial standpoint of business, because it was just two dudes in a truck going out to fix stuff with using hammers and nails. That's all we knew. So coming, if we had known how to market, ourselves and our business, I think we would have been much more successful. But at the same time, I'm, I have no complaints because if that had not happened, we wouldn't have taken the merger. And if we hadn't taken the merger, we would have never came up with the idea for business, this electronic business card app. So yeah, you know, just figuring out what marketing is and how to do it and how to present ourselves to Customers, if we had no, known that knowledge at the beginning, I think it would have been something that would have really impacted us uh, for the for the better. Mm -hmm. 
Definitely. And then, uh, so since you're talking about uh, relying on resources, right? Um, what's what's one thing that you uh, that you're savvy enough to know uh, when you need to outsource some of your work? I so when I know it's going to take way too long for me to get done, and I'm pretty slow. Like I uh, learned how to code on the way back from Mick, so I did our website. That took me 90, 90 hours, maybe a hundred hours to do. Like it was ridiculous. So knowing that now, yes, I would definitely hire somebody to do that. But any, basically anything that's going to take me away from the current functions of the business for more than maybe four or five hours, I'm going to, I mean, it has to be given to somebody else because mm -hmm. me, doing that is taking away from the valuable time the business needs and you know it's still in its infancy so it needs a lot of attention right now and not being able to give that to it we're actually going to be losing money instead of you know just giving out five hundred dollars to do something or a thousand dollars to do something now i'm basically mm -hmm. giving out a thousand dollars plus another 500 for my time right so right. that's really smart of you to do that because i don't think a lot because i mean yeah, it sucks when you have to spend money, but at the same time, like you're saying, like, okay, you spent a thousand dollars, but then also on top of it, now you're gonna spend X amount of time, which is X amount of money of your time on the project that you could have spent utilizing to level up your business just a little bit more. Uh, you know, like your time could be used elsewhere. Um, uh, because I'm in the software development business. Um, so I'm just curious on, um, so when you, so I'm, you got this mobile app outsourced, right? Did you get it uh, outsourced overseas? No. So we have a partner in the company that is, he's had about 20 years uh, in the industry okay. and he ended up. So the, the goal was, and the reason everybody says you're crazy for doing it, but we have a reason. So the reason we offered a partnership with our app and our developer is because once the app is out, you need updates. There are going to be bugs. There are going to be all of these different things that we need. Now, we want our developer to have that sense of ownership and that sense of pride in something that he had built. And so for us, it was a no-brainer to, if we could launch, do extremely well, enough to where this developer never had to worry about anything again other than this app, that was our goal because that was his piece of work. That was his pride and joy, and he's going to nurture that code until, you know, we come out with our second or third update. Right. So when we did that, so he's actually from here in California. Um, he's at his cabin in New Mexico right now. But, no, we didn't outsource overseas. We didn't want to do that. Because yeah. I see a lot of people doing that quite mm -hmm. often. And then they end up coming back. Like so there's been a few times where I had a clay cleanup because there's people that aren't technical to that know how to code or understand technology or, or the thing or the fundamentals behind it. And then, you know, they just get it done and then all they see is like the interface, but they don't know what's going on in the background. Yeah. And then um, and then it's it's complete crap in the back and then it's not working, it's not functioning, and then but uh 
So that's good. That I, I think it's always so for people who are non-technical. What would be your best advice for them if they're if there's anyone listening right now that wants to develop an app, but they're afraid to because they don't know how to code or they don't want to outsource it overseas or they they're thinking about it. What's some of the best advice you can give someone? I, I just want to be clear. I'm not knocking going overseas. Mm-hmm. You save. You will save money, but you get what you pay for. So if you're not looking for something that is extremely high quality, then you're fine. Yeah. Well, I also think it's like uh, the communication barriers or what process you have set up already to be able to communicate what you need because everyone works differently. And if you just expect a certain way because that's how you're used to it, then it becomes becomes harder because they do things differently. So if you (coughs) have that set up, then it's, you know, you can outsource if you have it clearly stated, like, this is my procedure, follow this document, can you work on it? But some people are just like, well, get this done. And then they don't get it done properly because they can't communicate. Exactly. <laughs> but the advice I would give is find somebody that knows code that's near you. Because if you can do that, they're going to have a better communication with, if you do go overseas, they're going to be able to communicate better with those overseas agencies better than you will. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, you're still going to want to have somebody in your ring that's on, on in your corner that is helping you find the best price, find the best developer, and help you understand exactly what's going to go into it. Because I see it all the time in the tribe in general. Um, Hey, I want to start an app. Hey, I want to start an app. How do I do it? Where's the best place to get an app done? Like, it's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it is expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're pushing 70 grand right now just for iOS. Mm-hmm. So don't think that it's just something that's extremely easy. Some apps will be a lot cheaper than others depending on the functions or in the back ends that you have and who you're uh, hosting through and what entails in that host. So there are a lot of different factors that will increase or decrease the price that you're going to be paying in the, for your final product. So find somebody that knows what they're talking about so they can at least give you a ballpark of what you're going to be spending. Mm-hmm. That would be my biggest piece of advice. Find somebody that knows what they're doing. And, and I know you're like, Zach, hey, you know, I can't really do that because I don't know code. So how am I going to know this guy isn't BSing me? It, it's you can go on Upwork mm-hmm. and find a five star uh, developer that's got a couple thousand hours under his belt and just pick his brain for a little bit. Give him a hundred bucks. Pick his brain. Mm-hmm. Now. That, that would be the way I would go, if, just to make sure you're getting somebody that's quality. Make sure they have the good reviews and make sure they have the thousands of hours worked and the hundreds of thousands of dollars earned before you go and communicate with them. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. Like, Look for the experts, but you, you mentioned pay them for that time because they are giving you that knowledge. And people, I think, lose that when they're trying to ask an expert and like, you know, take them to lunch or if they're local or, you know, give it, 
it's not just like, okay, take, 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 you're trying to give back to the community as well. And you're leveraging the knowledge they have, the, the stuff that they're providing, but also, you know, you're building a relationship so that when you do have that investor money, you can hire them um, because they helped you out when it was, you know, when you didn't have the funds or whatever, but valuing their time just as much as your time is valued when you're building your business as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's good. I hope I hope someone is hearing this right now yeah. or they watch this later because I, th I think it's very helpful for people to, to hear this type of message just because mm -hmm. uh, I, I deal with these type of clients all the time uh, <laughs> because I, I run a software development business. Like we do software as a service pretty much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, not, it's a hard network to get into as well because right. there are, there's so much competition. As soon as you launch, there's going to be somebody that launches with the same exact frames. You, like, it's basically the same thing you've done. So mm -hmm. you have to be ready. So not only do you need, say your app costs $50,000 now, you're going to need an additional twenty to $30,000 for your first update. And then directly after that, as soon as you get done uh, launching your first, you're going to have to release your second. So you have to worry about all of these different things because all these copycats are out there and you have to stay ahead of them or you will lose the business because they'll do it for, they'll give a free subscription to everything while you're charging them six, $7. Mm -hmm. So right. it's just a very competitive space and it always yeah. will be because this is in our hands every single second of our lives. Mm -hmm. So right. don't think it's going away. It's just going to continue yeah. to grow. Yeah, and more and more people all over the world, like even Africa, are getting smartphones now. Actually, people in Nigeria, like I don't know if you guys know any people in Nigeria, but they're intelligent. That they're in, there's a lot of intelligent people out there that are uh, they're starting to learn how to code, even though they don't have the right schooling out there. They're really smart, so they're learning this on their own, and they're developing these applications that are helping their community. And so, I mean, I'm just saying, more and more people are having phones nowadays. More and more people are learning how to code. More and more apps are coming on board uh, for Android and iOS, and you know, technology just increases. Yeah, definitely, you are one hundred percent correct. So, mm -hmm. um, I agree with um, you. So. Well, just while we're gonna wrap it up, I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, you mentioned it, um, you know, some things you're working on for the future and and all that. But I do want to ask you if you can clarify where do you you know see <coughs> your business. And what goals are you do you have in like the near future, like within the next year for your business? So first would obviously be to launch. But so we I don't I don't know if anybody had seen, but we won a pitch competition um, yeah. this month. I, th I think it was this month. Uh, time's kind of crazy <laughs> right now. I think it was last month he had won. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't really remember a whole lot this month. But we won. Uh, it was twenty five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. and we're gonna take about a thousand of that, and we're purchasing seventy thousand trees. Um, we're gonna get those. We're working with, uh, hopefully, uh, some large brands are hopping on board. From what I've heard, uh, to help and support us get those or getting those planted. But really moving forward within the next year is going to be uh, productivity services mm -hmm. wrapping business into a box basically 
Mm. Instead of going to 15 different people or 15 different services to, you know, complete your daily tasks, it's a little redundant and it's hard to remember. And especially when it comes to the first and you've got 17 different charges coming on your card and you're trying to figure out which one's legit or not. Mm-hmm. So it's about bringing business and putting it into, like I said, a big box and providing the services that are quality or high in quality and easy to use because we still have executives that are 60, 70 years old that may not necessarily know how to use all of these CRMs and how to go onto Facebook and create a, an ad. So we want to be able to kind of compromise um, and get everybody onto the same service and to be able to provide that to them at a very reasonable uh, cost or investment Mm -hmm. and to be able to basically just be able to provide Mm -hmm. and increase the productivity of the work that's uh, coming out. Yeah, efficiency and productivity, uh, that's all me. If I can make it simpler, if I can make my day simpler, it's, uh, that's the goal, right? Spend oh, yeah. With family and friends. Well, like, like you said, with shift, I mean, mm-hmm. shift is great, but you can't actually go and search for anything. Yeah. Uh, actually, you can now on their new, latest update. Yeah, on their new beta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the problem, I though. You say yet. The problem, though, is that what 50-year-old you know is that's going out there to download additional browsers. Yeah. They're using what their computers came with. I look over 50, so I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you you know over 50. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody's tech savvy. Right. Not everybody knows how to go and download these. I mean, it's extremely simple to us, but to them, that's like you... Yeah. You're trying to discover quantum physics. Mm-hmm. So that was our idea with this app because, I mean, with this app, there's only three tabs. You know, right. you've got your My Card section. You've got your wallet and settings. As mm-hmm. soon as you open the app, you're already at the screen to send your business card. Right. And the second screen where your wallet is, that's where all of your business cards are, that you have received are stored. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is click on them and just follow the buttons from there. I mean... It was making it as simple as possible for everybody because it not only helps the generation that, you know, doesn't have as big of a grasp on electronics, but also Mm -hmm. to increase the productivity of the younger generations that can fly through 30 or 40 tabs in 20 seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. That's very good. Everything about the users. Always think about them first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if people want to find out what's, going on with your new ventures and all of that um you want them to connect with you on facebook right that's your best way to connect with you yeah so i I am learning how to post on facebook i probably the past year i've post maybe 15 times wow so (laughs) i am learning how to do kind of daily posts and keeping everybody updated Um, That's Mm -hmm. always been one big flaw of mine. I don't like having my phone in my hand. I don't like being, I'll watch videos before I go to bed. That's about it. Yeah. So that's it. That's a good, um, that's a good way to actually be present in the moment, which I think a lot of us struggle with. So, but now that you have a business, you have to be out there in the face. um, So, 
Well, yeah. you'll you'll take care of Facebook, and I'll I'll hang out on LinkedIn, and then maybe we'll meet in the middle on a stream or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank uh, you for we having do me. Appreciate your time, um, and hopefully we'll hold see on, you soon. What hold you on, have a question? We always have a random question. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your random question. Sorry. Hold Go on. Ahead. Oh, here we Try go. And, Trying to cut me off from my time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Random question is, if you could be any character in a movie, who would you be in which movie? <laughs> Deadpool. I'm starting with you, Zach. Deadpool. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, why is that? He's just got this, as much as his life sucks, he has this uplifting spirit that is just hilarious and serious at the same time. <laughs> okay, what about you, Marissa? Um, I am not a huge movie person, so nothing pops out at me. Um, but it would probably be some real life character, someone like a true story, something like that. Um, and someone that's like, likes to hang out in nature. So I don't know. I like the mountains and, and fresh air. So if you could think of anyone, I don't know. I'm not a huge movie person. So, um, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't watch a lot of movies, so. That's good. What about, what about you? you? Uh, I'd probably be Al Pacino, Scarface, live fast, die fast, just freaking <laughs> always on the go. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Scarface. Uh, I don't know. Intimidating. <laughs> and just like, say hello to my little friend, just come out and just try and <laughs> pop and <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding>. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for your time, Zach. Chris, I'll see you soon. Zach, I'll probably see you yeah. soon too. So, um, and if you guys need to connect, you know where to find us. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. This is the Business AF Podcast, where it's all business most of the time. You can listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at businessafpod.com. If you like what you hear and you want to let people know, don't forget to tag us using hashtag businessaf.